The Trouble with Transformation, a serialised podcast by Alison Wick. Chapter 19. Scourers in the Attic. By late Friday afternoon, my sense of humour was failing, and Monday dread was already setting in. I'd blocked and deleted Brian, but not before he sent me a stream of messages, promising I'd get what's coming to me. And if I thought for a second he was full of it, I only had to cast my mind back a few years ago to Kim Christensen. She was so traumatised once Brian had finished. Okay, confession time, Dad. Once Brian and I had finished with her, she disappeared overnight. Etta said she'd heard her family had moved an hour down the coast to Dragonfly Beach, and she was now at St Mary's, the local Catholic school. Remembering Kim's demise was less than reassuring. It was also an uncomfortable reminder of the part I'd played. Maybe it was my turn now. Karma, coming to get me. I desperately needed a distraction, but I couldn't even set myself to searching for your plans. Curse, Danny. Why wasn't he back from camp yet? And why had I agreed not to do any more digging without him? I can't believe you made me wait all this time, I said when he finally rolled up on my doorstep around seven that evening. Your mum's car pulled into the drive at least two hours ago. Danny threw up his hands apologetically. Mama made me have dinner first. Ha! I scoffed. She made you. A flush crept up Danny's neck and he grinned. Oh, come on, G. It's been a week since I've had Mars cooking. Fine. I grabbed his hand and dragged him toward the stairs. Up top, the attic trap door was already open and I pulled down the ladder. Come on, let's get started. What? Straight to business? No drink? Snack for the guest? Where are your manners? He was joking. Kind of. Maybe. He'd better be. It's all right for you, I said. You've been dribbling balls all week. Do you know how hard it's been to stay out of the attic? I'm not going to lie. I almost broke once or twice. Danny's mouth quirked. From what I've heard, you've had plenty to keep yourself busy. Paul says you and Brian got into some sort of a fight. I shook my head. The rumour mill had to be running overtime if the news had reached Paul on the senior side of the campus. I'll tell you all about it, once we get started, I said, tugging his arm. It'll give you something to chatter about when we sort through that pile of junk up there. Danny let himself be dragged for a couple of steps before veering off to the side. Okay, but only if you make a detour via the kitchen. Just a little snack, and I'll take it to go. I rolled my eyes. Okay, fine. He smiled, dug his elbow into my armpit and tickled. Oh, I've missed your snarky little ways. I'll stop it, I said, slapping him away. Three hours later, we were both starting to flag. We'd rummaged through every single box of Cat's clothes, turning up nothing more exciting than a vintage Japanese rice paper umbrella and a hand-beaded 1920s flapper dress. I closed up the last of the boxes and sagged down between them. Well, she may be a hoarder, but you've got to give Cat credit for her organisational skills. 
takes some effort to categorize that many clothes according to year and alphabetized subclass. Yeah, Danny said, eyes glazed and clearly off with the fairies. Then he straightened and shook out his shoulders. Oh, I'm struggling to stay awake. Tell me a story. Tell me again how Sean O'Grady stuffed Brian like a scarecrow in a hayfield. He took a bite of the monster turkey sub he'd recently made. Lucky he played so much soccer. The boy was a human vacuum cleaner. I sighed loudly. I've told you three times already. It's going to lose its freshness soon, you know. Maybe. Maybe not. Danny grinned. Tell me again, and I'll give you my honest opinion. He paused, sandwiched halfway to his mouth. Maybe we should ask him to hang out with us. You mean Sean? My brain ached, just thinking of the trouble that might cause. I shrugged noncommittally. He knows where we sit. He's welcome to join us for lunch sometime. How very magnanimous of you, he said, giving me the guilt eyes while taking another bite. I huffed at him. Come off it, Dan. We've got bigger problems at the moment, don't you think? Danny held up his hands in mock defeat. Okay, I get it. Touchy subject. He put the last piece of sub in his mouth and swallowed, gesturing at the boxes. Come on, let's crack back in. We were about half an hour into sorting through your record collection. An equally gargantuan task. What is it with you and Kat keeping so much sentimental stuff? When Danny started laughing for no apparent reason. I glanced up, but he was lost in his own fantasy world. What's so funny? I said, standing up and wriggling my toes. I've been sitting on my feet for so long. They prickled with pins and needles. Sorry, Danny said. I'm just imagining the shock on Brian's face when Sean clobbered him. It's about time he got a taste of how it feels. Huh. I plopped back down and blew the dust of a box of records. Well, I'm glad my social suicide is a source of amusement for you. Who knows where the fish's loyalty will fall when they get back on Monday. It's a good thing Brian's suspended. I'll need a head start if I'm going to schmooze them onto our side. I lifted my head and idly click-clacked a couple of records back and forth. You know, I think Edda's got a teensy crush on Brian. Well, you were the one dumb enough to get tangled up with them in the first place, Danny said. He swept an oversized felt hat adorned with peacock feathers onto his head and preened. What do you think? Disco enough for your dad's retro dance collection? Excuse me, I said. My fingers stopped moving and I fixed him with a glare. Back up a bit. Dumb enough. Danny sighed and laid the hat beside his box. You know how I feel about Brian and the twins. I reckon you're just as bad off as all those kids who get pushed around. Worse, in fact. At least they're not pretending to be someone else. What are you talking about? My raised voice echoed off the attic beams. You saw the state I was in, with Kim and the twins. I didn't have a choice. Denny gave me a hard, long look, then refocused upon the box in his lap. The air between us was stifling, hot and filled with heavy silence. The rhythmic tic-tac of vinyl 
against vinyl started up, then stopped abruptly. Danny took his finger off the record and pointed at me. You did have a choice, he said quietly. Not from where I was standing, I muttered, rifling through my own stack of records with more force than necessary. I was blind with rage. I'd forgotten I was supposed to be looking for your blueprints. That's the problem, Danny said. Brian's a master manipulator. He played you, just like he plays everyone. You never needed him. Sure, everyone was shook when you and Brian took Kim Christensen down, but that just made them scared of you. Can't you see it, you dumbass? You already had the power. That's why Kim wanted you gone. Huh? The hairs on my arms prickled up. Was there truth in what Dan was saying? Had I been putting up with Brian's drama all this time for nothing? Danny gave a small shrug and smiled. Weird as it may seem, you're oddly likeable. Everyone likes you. I like you. Because you're funny and sharp and just a teensy bit wicked. Trust me, it's not for your boyfriend. He cleared his throat. Ex-boyfriend. A warm buzz started up in my belly, shortly followed by a cold montage of flashbacks, reminding me of all the less than nice things I'd done, just to keep Brian and the twins on side. I was a fool, just like Danny said. I straightened up and tossed my hair over my shoulder. It doesn't matter. I don't care what anyone thinks anymore. Danny studied me. Really? Really. And although that clearly wasn't true, there was something new in the mix. Relate. I could finally stop faking it. Plus I had your machine to think about. The difference between me and the twins had never been so stark. No matter how popular we were, how much fun we were having. And much as I hate to admit it, Dad, there had been good times. Erica was always looking for more. More power, more pranking, more high-octane moments. Just like in the beginning. Etta. Well, she just simply wanted to find love. That in itself didn't spell trouble, but the fact she had her eye on Brian did. I was on my own now. No longer under Brian's protection. No longer untouchable. But yet at the same time, strangely likeable. Likeable all along, it seemed. But I couldn't afford to think about that. A couple of months ago, breaking from Brian would have been a seismic event. Now it was a distraction. Dr. Wilson's revelations about you changed everything. So getting back to the real problem, I swished my arm in a wide arc, gesturing at the expanse of attic we still had to cover. A jumbled mess of boxes, mainly Kat's old crafting stuff and accessories, along with some of your record memorabilia. I don't think our methodical rummaging is getting us anywhere. How are we ever going to find this thing? I mean, what hope do we have if crackshot government agents couldn't even find it? You forget one thing, my dear Jones, Danny said. We have a clue. Clue schmoo, I said, 
batting away his words. It worked with the message tree, and that was out in the wild. At least we know the blueprint should be here somewhere. What did Dr. Wilson say? Your dad hid it somewhere ironic? We just need to figure out what that means. I laughed. That'd be helpful, if I actually knew Terry. Could be anything up here. Maybe he liked to crochet in his spare time. Maybe he dressed up in cat's clothes. How would we know? I searched Denny's face for a reaction, but his features remained neutral. His safe face. I couldn't blame him. He'd had enough fireworks from me for one day. But it was true. The only familiar thing I could pinpoint was that burn in my belly every time I thought of you. What do you think we should do? I asked, by way of peace offering. Danny took off the large felt hat and waved it around. Honestly? I was kind of hoping that once you got amongst all this stuff, your old memories would trigger and lead us to the blueprints. He tapped his finger to my forehead. It's got to be in there somewhere. The only people who spent more time with him were Kat and... A frown briefly crossed his brow. He gasped. Mr. Bell, Danny said in a breathless rush. He was your dad's driver for years. Maybe he could help us. The mention of Mr. B set off all my internal alarms. Yeah, I don't think we should go there, I said. Something feels off with Mr. B. You know how we went to the pictures and he stuck around? He's never done that before. And how about the other night at the surf club? Danny rubbed his jaw, looking fatigued. You heard him. Cat said him looking for you. I snorted. <laughs> that would be a first. Why'd he go to the club? Why not the fish and chip shop or the beach? He could have seen our bikes outside. Or maybe he's dodgy. Are you saying that he's spying on us? Who knows? Dr. Wilson told us to be careful. Who would be better placed as a mole than Mr. Bell? I bet Terry told him tons of stuff while they were driving around. Danny's frown deepened. So we're on our own then? Looks like it. Well, we'd better put our thinking caps on then. I wouldn't have thought it possible, but I think Terry may have more records and CDs than Kat has clothes. He pointed to the rows and rows of boxes lined up against the wall and sighed. How about we start with what you do know about your dad? I shrugged dismissively. Like I told you the other day, it's not much. I got my name from him, so we know he's a clown. I still can't believe he named you Ginger, Snap Jones. No wonder Cat is mad. Yeah, his taste in names is almost as lousy as his taste in music. Look at some of this rubbish. I tossed a couple of records on the floor. Fat tunes and body rocking beats. Have yourself a merry Carrie-Anne Christmas. What's with all this cheesy stuff? I gave the box a half-hearted kick. You'd think a cutting-edge record producer would have better taste. Danny froze for an instant, like I'd broken his brain. Then he cried, Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. You're a genius. I laughed. Butter my butt? What do you want about? 
Danny jiggled up and down like a cockroach had crawled into his shorts. Terry's clue. You've nailed it again. We've been overlooking the obvious. Which is, I said, struggling not to crack up. I couldn't take him seriously when he was bouncing around like that. Terry never was a record executive. Ah, I said, leaning forward. So anyone who knew him, anyone who was looking for him, would probably go looking for his science lab things rather than here. Right. It's a good theory, but aren't these government guys supposed to be really smart? I mean, wouldn't you just look everywhere and especially check out those places where you think no one would ever look? Maybe. It's just an idea. I thought maybe it might cut down the volume of stuff we have to search through. I groaned, motioning towards the boxes of records and CDs. Do you think? I thought we were trying to avoid going through all these. As I ran my eye along the rows of boxes, a flash of gold suddenly caught my attention. I stepped over a pile of cartons and pointed to the topmost box in a precarious wall of memorabilia. Dan? Give me a hand for a sec. I hauled one of Cat's hat boxes to the foot of the wall. Danny winced. You're not going to step on that, are you? Trust me. The large round box was heavily fortified with layers and layers of lacquered rose prints, courtesy of Cat's enthusiastic decoupage phase several years ago. This box could hold me, you, and a stack of those turkey subs you put away tonight. I leapt onto the hat box and carefully nudged the top carton free. Geez, it's heavy, I said, passing the box down to Danny. He examined its contents as I hopped down. The carton contained a number of awards, trophies, plaques, gold and platinum records, all recognising your brilliance as a record producer. How very ironic. When Danny looked up, there was a gleam in his eye. It was an expression I knew well. This could be it. I may not know much about you, Dad, but that moment was electric. Charged with the tingle, we were onto something. My heart beat erratically like a frantic rabbit. Finally, we were teetering on the edge of finding some proper answers. <laughs> 